Hi guys, Paul here from the Complete Personal Training Podcast and Meldrum Performance Coaching. Welcome to the third episode in our series on range of motion and tempo. In the first episode, we just had an overview of range of motion and tempo and some of the applications. And in our second episode, we took a deeper dive into the application of how we can use range of motion to get the best results for our clients. Now we're going to dive into tempo for the main goals, which are fat loss, strength, hypertrophy, rehab, and performance. So let's dive in. With tempo, as I said in the first episode, it's been a red, it's a redheaded stepchild of the family of ex- key acute exercise variables, and a lot of people have either really given it like a ton of importance, and some people have given it absolutely zero. So again, the truth, as most things in life and the fitness industry, lies somewhere in the middle. So with tempo, I've actually found it to be very useful for some situations, not so useful for others. The general rule of thumb with tempo is the importance of it depends on the importance of the client's goals. That's the first thing to look at. So if you have a client, like say you want, they want to go on the bodybuilding stage or they want to play sport at the highest level, you want to optimize all the variables to get that person to that point, okay? You need to be like on the ball for that. At that level, the half a percent things really do matter. If you're in a semi-private group training environment, having some form of tempo isn't as important for people whose goals aren't as ambitious. They just want to move more, be healthier, feel good, which is an absolutely fine goal to have because they have other goals in other areas of their life. Having a tempo or a cadence for most exercises makes coaching really easy because then you can get people doing, say, lunges at the same time as each other and you can standardize the form, the technique, and it makes it so much easier for you to actually work with people and it creates that kind of competitive buffer, which is really important. In the one-on-one situation, for someone who doesn't train that much, not super important as long as they're getting the stuff done. Having some kind of constraint in tempo, like a controlled eccentric, a little pause, explosive up, is pretty good for most scenarios. That's a fun dog. So let's go through each of the main goals. The first one is fat loss. So when we're training for fat loss, uh, a lot of clients, you know, we gotta remember the situation here, similar to Ron. They are training to hold, we're doing resistance training to hold on to and hopefully build a little bit of muscle, but it's not gonna be as easy because we've got the constraint of a caloric deficit. So that's some, one thing that's really, really important to remember. Um, is tempo as important as range of motion in that situation? Probably not. I generally won't stress out too much about it unless they're going for really high level type goals, really ambitious stuff, because they're already struggling. They're hypercaloric, they're tired, they're probably doing more steps, they're probably doing more cardio. Uh, as long as their resistance training performance is pretty consistent, I'm not gonna beat them up over it. If it's someone who's trying to compete, go at the highest level, then yeah, I'm gonna make sure it's a little bit stricter. But again, because they're struggling so much, I'm not gonna push as hard. Now for strength stuff, tempo is quite important. Um, You need to optimize tempo for what the client is looking to achieve. So for example, if they're gonna be doing powerlifting, there's a cadence they need to follow for each of those lifts. So tempo is a really key variable to get right. Example of that is the pause on the chest in the bench press. If you don't address that with tempo prescriptions in training and overloading that part of the range of motion and the tempo that it goes, you're making a big mistake. Uh, having a client go through a powerlifting meet and never really work on pausing your chest and then trying to bring that in the last couple of weeks <coughs> and expecting them to hit a bench PB is a big, big mistake. 
From there, utilizing tempo in the assistance exercises is a really powerful tool to help bring someone's overall total up. So let's look at an example. Let's say someone bombs their back all the time when they do their low bar squat. So they do the low bar squat, they drop, they have a tendency to round underneath that. As an example, they lose back tightness. All right, cool. Let's do some slow tempo good mornings. The outcome from a slower tempo good morning, not like you know 12 seconds or anything crazy like that, but having that will teach that back tightness and train that muscle isometrically in a way that's gonna help that person be able to hold more weight in their squat. So by holding that position, putting more time on attention there, you have the ability to build more tissue, to build more strength and resilience, which is gonna carry over the better performance. So again, the higher the strength goal, the more emphasis needs to be on uh, tempo as part of the overall technique for the person to get the best possible outcome. For hyper, hypertrophy, uh, hypertrophy, whichever country you're in pronounces it differently, tempo, uh, you know, if you're in a hypercaloric state, got that right, thank you, um, you know, you're gonna build muscle no matter what, but we wanna build the most we can. What I like to do is actually match the tempo to the strength curve and where we're putting overload in the muscle. So what I mean by that is we can train a muscle in three different positions. The lengthened position, where we train it mostly at the end, the mid-range position, and then also the fully shortened position. Each of those positions of flexion, positions of strength for that muscle have a slightly different metabolic effect. Uh, not something that's like incredibly important to do, but also have areas where they overload the muscle and get the most stimulus. So for an exercise where, you know, the squat, for example, which will we won't get the quads in the fully length. We'll just say the squat gets the quads in the length position when someone goes all the way down, just for argument's sake. Uh, you know, probably benefit from a pause there to overload that position a lot more and then to get strong in that position so then they can come out of it. The shortened position, the squat, the end range is standing up straight. So there's really not much point, you know, pausing there for any kind of resistance training benefit. It's more from a cardiovascular benefit versus something, meaning someone can breathe again and not die when they do the next rep. The leg extension, for the other hand, it's not gonna, when they go all the way down that range of motion and get in the stretch position, well, it trains primarily the rectus femoris, they're flexed at the hip, so they're not getting fully stretched out position in the quad anyway, and the stack gets in the way, so, you know, there's no tension there, but there's a ton of tension on the muscle in the fully shortened position. So putting a slower concentric and a pause in the shortened position will overload that exercise a lot more. This is really cool in terms of creating a higher degree of stimulus in the muscle with using lesser load and then overloading that muscle relative to what that uh, exercise does. So for lengthened position exercise, it's more of a slower eccentric, a pause at the end range of motion and more explosive concentric. For shortened range of motion exercises, slower concentric, squeeze at the end, hold, get build up some metabolites there. And for mid-range, Exercises where you don't go in a fully stretched or fully contracted position. Uh, dumbbell bench press is a great example of this. You don't get like a full stretch because the elbows are bent. You know, a consistent like two second each weight cadence there can actually make that exercise much more stimulative on the pecs using less weight and standardize the form, which makes coaching it really, really easy. For rehabilitation, when we're looking at tempo, super important. We wanna make sure that we're timing people's isometric contractions and they're building up in time. If we've got like a tendon issue, we wanna make sure we're working on the eccentric contraction so they're controlling it the whole way there. There's a ton of application for tempo in rehab. So saying it doesn't matter, there's a big difference between holding a plank for 10 seconds versus 30 seconds. 
if you're using that as a rehab example. It's a very weak example, but nevertheless, it's an example. And then finally, for performance, we need to make sure that the tempo of the exercise, you know, matches the intended outcome we're trying to get. Let's use an example like medicine ball training. The idea of medicine ball training is to throw an object with high velocity and high force at a wall or you know, up in the air and basically create power. If we just do that half-assed, we're not going to get anything out of it. That exercise needs to be executed at the most explosive tempo that that athlete can manage and then done repeatedly and then you stop when that tempo drops down. If they're doing an exercise that's more rehabilitative in nature, let's say a kettlebell armbar because they're trying to create shoulder stability in different positions. You don't want to do an armbar quickly. You want to do the armbar slowly and let, making sure the athlete can control each range of motion, each part of that range of motion with the highest degree of integrity. So with athletic performance, you might have a training program that varies from incredibly explosive tempos to very slow, very controlled tempos based on the exercise and the intended outcome that their athlete needs. So athletic performance training, as I said in the range of motion one, has a lot of nuances and a lot of things we need to consider. So guys, that's my discussion on tempo. Hopefully we know now know how to apply tempo and range of motion prescriptions for fat loss, for strength, for hypertrophy, rehab, and performance. Thanks heaps for watching. Again, if you could leave a review or anything, that would be amazing. And I'll be back next week with more to teach you on the Complete Personal Training Podcast.